side note, your summer song has just been on replay in my car. Which one? Summertime Feeling? Summertime Feeling. Oh, yeah? Gosh. That's, uh, dude, that, that song is like, uh, I wrote that and released that. And that was my first single ever. That was 2018. What inspired you to write that song? Um, well, I mean, uh, it was the dead of January at the time. Um, you know, it was, uh, I was in, I was actually sitting where I'm sitting right now and, uh, it was the middle of January and I just kind of looked outside and I thought, I can't wait for all this snow to melt and for the summer to be back. And, uh, I, you know, I missed the summer and, uh, and so I, I just came up with the hook of summertime feeling and then it just kind of. It just kind of rolled from there. I was just trying to basically uh, imagine what the perfect summer would be like. And um, and so that's what inspired that song. Are you from Toronto originally? Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised. Born Love and it. raised. <laughs> you have a unique story. You know, you didn't grow up thinking you're going to be a country star or a country singer. No. It's a little unorthodox, but it's a, it's a pretty cool story. And I thought, holy smokes, people got to hear this one. Um, thank you. Yeah. Um, um, I've been involved in music my whole life ever since I was 12 is kind of when it started. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't even realize, you know, what I was getting myself into. Um, I just did it for the fun of performing and singing and, um, you know, and, and I think as time went on and evolved, it started to become more serious and, and wanting to actually learn how to sing and learn how to perform and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's been a part of my life for my entire life. Um, there was little pockets of, uh, um, where I took a break, but, um, I think at the end of the day, our, what we're destined to do, we're going to always end up doing, right? How do you find inspiration, um, for songwriting, producing, creating these songs? Where, where does it come from? Is it when you go on these long drives, that's where you start to see feeling things? Um, well, I mean, for me, it's um, personal experiences. Yeah. Um, you know, all of my songs have a story and um, are tied to something personally to me um, in, in some way or another, um, some of them more deeply than others. Um, you know, but one thing I don't do is sit down and think, how can I write a hit song or how can I write a popular right. song? Um, because I think when you when you start trying too hard and you start trying to make something happen like that, um, it just never works out. So, you know, you you just got to try to stay true to the experiences that you've had, um, because that will come that will come across in your music when you perform it and you sing it for your fans. Yeah. Is there certain songs when you're singing them live, they still hit you? Oh yeah, they all hit me. Yeah. Um, I mean. You know, I sang, I sang about the breakup of my ex for four years and, mm-hmm. um, that's a long time, <laughs> um, you know, but the newer stuff coming out now is, is really kind of the rebirth of me all over again. You know, it's like, I'm finding my voice again. I'm finding parts of my voice that I didn't even know existed. And so me, you know, I, in my performances, if you ever, if you ever see me live, um i'd hope so are you gonna come out west soon i yeah i'd love to um but you know it's my performances are just full of passion and energy and um 
you know, and that's, so, I mean, I feel every single song. I, I won't, my, my music director would, would tell you that I, I will pull a song out of the show if I'm not feeling it anymore. You know, it's gotta be something that hits me spiritually, you know, um, it's, it's so much more than just singing and songs. Like for me specifically, you know, um, music for me is very much a healing process and it's very much um, allowed me to become who I am. And who I am is not a country star. Who I am is a man that was at a point in his life that was like super messed up. And I stepped back and I made a choice to change my life and do something positive and something um, spiritually rewarding. You know, that's what it's about for me. You know, we, we all have paths and we can all choose the other side. It's, it's literally one step off the road, right? Yep. So... How did you know, or was there someone there that guided you to say, hey, man, you, you shouldn't go this way in life. Uh, stay positive. No, no because, um, you know, I had a great job and mm -hmm. um, I had a nice place and nice things and all the things that society would, see, would deem as successful. And I just wasn't happy. You know, I wasn't internally happy. And um, so really, I just sat myself down and it was as simple as asking myself, you know, what makes you happy? You know, what do you miss having in your life? And um, as I started to list off those things, I quickly realized that none of those things were getting any of my attention. So all the things that actually made me happy, I wasn't doing any of them. And so, you know, coming out of a relationship, um, you know, I was hurt. I was sad. I was lonely. I was a whole bunch of shit. Um, but I just thought what better time than to rebel and be insanely selfish with my time than right now and just dive back into music. No, it's a beautiful journey and, uh, we're thankful that you did that. So oh, <laughs> thanks brother. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, for any guy that's going through a rough time, I mean, yeah, breakups, some of them suck. They're hard and mm. um and gut-wrenching you're 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 feeling sick you're feeling unworthy um all the emotions right sure will i ever find someone again that's another thing mm -hmm. what did you do to propel out of that and and now looking back at it what would you say to that guy the younger david i would say you're a strong son of a bitch and good for yeah. you because I think um, when I look back at how I was feeling in, the, in those moments, um, I was insanely insecure. I was insanely uh, not myself. And, and now to think five years later, I've met fans, um, some of them locally and some of them internationally that have said my story um, help push them through a difficult time and you know so and they look up to me and and that's a crazy that's a crazy parallel because you go from being incredibly insecure and feeling like you can't do anything to now becoming a leader and helping other people get through their insecurities and i still have lots of insecurities of course. you know um i just think people don't discuss this stuff openly in the public because they're afraid that it's going to ruin their status or it's going to ruin their fame or it's going to ruin their, you know, um, 
one of my buddies, Aaron Allen, has a song called Superman. And the lyric on the song is, you know, I'm just here doing my best trying to keep this S here on my chest. And I'm not a parent. I don't have children. But to anyone that has children, that line of, you know, your kids think you're Superman until they realize you're just a human being. Um, and that is a very interesting parallel to come face to face with. And so no difference than me as an artist in the public eye, you know, I'm sure I have fans that think, you know, I never cry, <laughs> you know, I never get mad. I never have a shitty day. And, and that is completely wrong. I, I have, we're all the same, regardless of where we are in our careers or our paths. We're, mm -hmm. we're just people, we're human beings. And, you know, so for me, a lot of this stuff just sits differently because of my perception and how I look at things. But I, I can't believe that five years ago, I was a completely different person. Um, and, you know, so that's what I would say. I would say, yeah. you know, you were super strong and super crazy to just push all your chips in the middle and, you know, try to become, try to carve out a, a career in country music at 33. Well, thank you again for that. You, you know, when we look back at things like that, those pivots in our lives, oftentimes it might have not even been the breakup. It, that, or sorry, it was the breakup that changed your path. But this whole time leading up to that breakup, you know, you finally look back and realize that's not even who David was. You know, yeah, sure, you had the nice place and things were looking great so-called towards society's uh, perception but when you find your calling or go back to who you truly are and oftentimes it's things that we did as children isn't it yeah, yeah. well i think too when, when we're younger um we don't have we, we we fear nothing you know we just feel like well nothing's ever going to happen to us and we got all the time in the world and so you know i think when i meet fans now that bring up their younger kids to shows and stuff and you know, they say, oh, my son, Adam is 12 and he's, he wants to be a country singer like you. He wants to, he wants to be up on a stage like you with a band one day. And, and I look at the mom dead in the eye and I say, do it. <laughs> like, you know, when they're 12, they're 10, 11, 12, and they're just over in the corner coloring, but they color a little different than the other kids. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're not, it's not stick people. It's like, these kids are 10, 11, and they're learning what shading means in art. You know, it's like that, that, that child has a gift. There's, there's something there. And, and just to ignore it, um, you know, is sucks because that's something that, you know, they could really cling to and, and have a, a career with if they want it. For sure. You know, you know we, I, we all have shortcomings. How do you focus on your strengths and let your weaknesses go? Um, well, that's a great question, but, um, cause I, I am just learning to let my weaknesses go. Um, just learning, like I'm very new to it. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I think it's funny and, and you know, I, I like cut a demo or something and I want to show some friends just to see what they think. And every single creator does this where they create something and then they're like, Hey, look, can I show you this, uh, painting, you know, but, but it's not finished yet. Like I, I'm just in the early stages, like, yeah. you know, or, or listen to my demo, but like, it's, it's like the speakers aren't really the best. So like, 
you know, and, and we are all guilty of this. And anyone oh, yeah. that sees this, this podcast, they're going to laugh at this part because it's true. And we struggle with, um, we, we, we thrive in an environment where praise is, a, is an energy that just lifts us and, you know, like performing. Um, we all love attention, of course, because we're in the entertainment business. But the irony of that is a lot of us actually don't like the attention. So it's this really weird thing mm -hmm. where you're in a field that forces you to be the front of the room. And, but some of those people don't want to necessarily be the front of the room. And so that becomes, you know, this incredible mental challenge that you have to find a way to overcome your insecurities to perform and do what you do so well when you do it alone, you know? Um, do, you, do you prefer being alone most times? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. <laughs> absolutely. And, and it's not, and that's the funniest thing is that to any, anyone that knows me personally, I am one of the most sociable people on the planet, you know, but I think I'm, when I, I'm sociable, when I know that I can go somewhere and be social and it, and it is real, it is authentic, you know, it's not a show, but then I also need to know I have a place that I can go and, and be with myself. Um, you know, because the, I've learned very early in life that time alone is very, very valuable time. Um, you know, I, I don't always have to be around people. And I used to be that way. I used to always have to be around someone, um, you know, and I worked really hard at trying to get away from that because mm -hmm. I feel like you learn a lot about yourself when you totally. spend some real time with yourself. And if you can find peace with yourself when you're alone, oh my God, that's the ultimate, isn't it? But I think a lot yeah. of creatives need that though as well. Like we need that alone time to think or not think or just yeah. quiet time. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think, um, you know, that's something I really worked on over the last five years um, and something that I feel is also coming out in my music, you know, like the song Money in the Bank um, has nothing to do with relationships. Um, you know, it just has to do with being grateful for what you have. Um, and there's a lot of these messages in my song, same with Fool's Gold, that talks about, you know, um, it's the little things in life, everything else is Fool's Gold, you know? Um, the message is throughout my music to try and help um, promote that positive message of like, you don't, you don't need to be rich to be happy. You don't need to have nice things to be happy. You could have nothing. And if you've got good people in your life. Um, That's real great. wealth, isn't it? You know, and if you don't go find them, right? Mm -hmm. They say wealth is, you know, good health, inner peace, good people, good vibes, like chase those things, chase memories, not things. We hear that often. Yeah. And it's true. And, and like, you don't realize it until you get older and you realize that, like, like I said, like, oh shit, you know, my parents aren't superheroes. Mm -hmm. They're just people that work really hard to give me a great life. And I know some people out there may not have that same story or they may not have been blessed with, with a great family, but what, what better motivation than for you to get out there and be a part of, you know, something that you create and do the way that you want to do. And I think that's what I know my parents did for me. You know, they grew up on a farm. They didn't have a lot of money. And so when they came to Toronto from Newfoundland, you know, they worked their asses off so they could 
have a child of their own and give me the world. So I'm very grateful for their support too. Your, your mom and dad, you know, growing up, their influence on you, whatever they've done for their boy, how has it helped shape your perception of the world today? Um, my parents were very open-minded nice. with me. Um, my parents wanted me to learn the way. And, um, you know, they would always guide me like any other parent would, but um, I'm very much the type of person. Well, when I was a kid, my mom was ironing some clothes yeah. and I, I think I was like six or seven. And I went up to my mom and I, I said, what's that? She said, it's an iron. Don't touch it. It's hot. And the moment she looked away, I put my hand right on the iron. Um, you know, so that pretty much can, you know, paint a picture of the kind of kid I was, you know, I, my parents would always say, you know, right from wrong, but I was very much the type that had to learn for myself and, um, by experiences. And that's kind of shaped me as, as a man, everything I do, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not afraid to, I'm not afraid to try. Mm -hmm. um and sometimes I get burned like like that iron did to my hand and sometimes I come out on the other side because I was you know um I was brave enough to just say I'm, I'm doing it <laughs> <laughs> kind of like just quitting my job and you know yeah. selling my shit and, and making a record you know it's like oh. it sounds it sounds like a tv show but it's true you know mm -hmm. it's like I that's you know you kind of have to just say well i'm doing it was there moments where you were just like filled with regret almost where you're saying i don't know i sold no. all my stuff no i love that no and and i'll tell you why <laughs> because um it's not um I, I i explained this to my dad once he said it's not about money when you know how to make it you know it's like I had I I have a, I have a skill and a talent in sales with HVAC that I'll never lose. No. You know, it's it's and it's not even this it's not even the furnaces. I, I I could sell ice to an Eskimo. It's just it's communication skills, right? It's it's being able to understand a product and being able to understand a customer's need for it and then communicate it to them in a way that helps them understand that they're getting something that's going to help them. And when you can communicate that, you know, you could sell anything. And so for me, what happened was, is I was in a singing competition and I met a guy named uh, Rick Barker and he used to manage Taylor Swift. And he told me, he asked me what I did for a living. And I said, I sold furnaces. And he said, well, you should start selling that voice of yours instead of selling furnaces. And that's what kind of got the wheels turning up. I thought, well, I would much rather quote unquote, sell my voice um, than work for this pompous ass that I was working for, um, you know, and, and because I have some business background, I was able to, that was able to help me on my journey with music because right. there's so much more to this than just writing songs and performing them. You know, mm -hmm. um, people have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. It's, it's insane. Um, and to have a career in this industry full-time successfully um, is extremely hard to do. Um, Can't even imagine. Is it a cutthroat business? Every business is cutthroat. But, you know, I think the problem with this business is that 
there's a lot of people in this um, surviving off passion, um, not finance. And mm. it takes money to live. You know, these lights aren't free. No. This, the, the rent isn't free. These microphones aren't free. You know, uh, all this stuff costs money. And so I feel financially, this industry is very broken because it's following an old system that doesn't really work anymore. And artists need to find ways um, to get paid royalties, get paid for their shows. You know, this interview, I'm not being paid to do this interview, right? This is free. Yeah, thanks you know? for that, man. <laughs> so, no, and I'm not, and I'm, and, and I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not taking a shot at you. I'm just saying, I'm not, you know, you're not getting paid for that. And, and no. so here's the, here's the reality for a second. You know, someone calls me up, whether it's city TV and they say, we want to do an interview with you. So you have to now schedule that in your day. You got to make sure you're available. You, you might have to move some stuff around, um, you know, and, but nobody's paying you to do that. Right. So there are lots of that stuff that you have to do in the early stages to get your name out there. And, and, you know, the keyword exposure, but exposure is something that is used in this industry as a carrot. Um, to get free services, you know, and a lot of shows, um, I'll, I'll say it openly because it's the truth. The CNE here in Toronto is, is the biggest fair in Canada, I believe, um, in terms of like a pop-up fair. You've heard of the CNE before? I have, National yeah. Exhibition. We have the okay. Calgary Stampede, very similar, yeah. Yeah, so, so the Calgary Stampede, um, it might, it might I, don't, I don't know which one is bigger, but there's an example, same sort of thing. The CNE contacted me this year and asked me if I wanted to play, um, you know, uh, at their festival. And the, the offer they gave me was the same amount of money they gave, they offered me back in 2018 when I had zero reputation. I was brand new. And, and, I, and I'm not going to list off my accomplishments, but, you know, I've had a few good ones. And for them to come back and offer me the same amount of money... Mm -hmm. Five years later, you know, there's nothing in this world that stays the same price for five years. Right. Not orange juice, not talent, nothing. And when you have people like that that aren't helping push the industry and pay people properly, you know. And they're making millions. Of course they are. It's very discouraging, you know. Huh. And, you know, but there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. And artists won't speak up and say anything because they're afraid, oh, it's going to ruin my reputation. Well, you know, the CNE didn't make me who I am, and I'm not worried about what they think about me either, but it's just the truth. Like, start paying people properly, man, because how, how are people supposed to survive? Yeah, how are you going to, how are people going to enjoy this music? Of course, like, if you keep, you're not getting paid, you can't keep your lights on, you're going to go to a different industry. Yeah. Do you think Canadian artists, especially in the country genre, need to go to Nashville in order to make it big, for so-called big? No, I, I don't think that at all. I think Nashville is a great city. Um, I think it's full of opportunities. Um, I think it's a great place to be if you want to work on your songwriting skills or networking. Um, you know, but I, I think many artists in many different genres have proven um, to make great music in their basement um, and release it to the world and have international success. Um, I think... Um, 
you just need a great song, you need a great voice, and you need a great band, and you need a great team of people to help you put together your, I call it, your coffee shop and start selling coffee. You know, that's, that's, that's what I think it is, is just have great music and get on the road and start touring and, and uh, start building a fan base. It's, um, it's taken me like five, almost five years now to actually start to see a fan base. Um, you know, so it takes, uh, it, it takes a long time, man. What was your first, uh, feeling like when you got that first autograph to sign? Uh, I think I was more excited than the fans were. Um, <laughs> I love it. You know, I, 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 it's funny. I, uh, I was out one time at a burger joint off highway 11 here in Ontario, going up, up north to the cottage. And I, you know, I, I literally just came from fishing. So I looked like absolute hell and um had my crocs on and my legs were all dirty with mud and you know and these two fans came up to me in the lineup of this burger joint and they were like are you david oh it's oh you're david boy james and it was like you know i was like i kind of took me off guard and they're like oh we love your music man and and then that kind of caused a bit of a stir because there were some other people around there they didn't they were like who who is david boy james like they had no idea like what was going on and uh and my friend was coming back and, um, you know, she was also just like, that was cool. Like, I've, that's so neat, you know? And um, so I think it's something you never get used to. And mm -hmm. it's something I'm really grateful for because I'm literally sitting at the table that I wrote Summertime Feeling to. And that, that was this first song that kind of started it all. Right. So um, it's kind of, it's surreal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Have you surreal. ever spoke to your ex-girlfriend? <laughs> uh no i spoke to her uh last time i spoke to her was 2018 okay and um you know i i have no um no ill will against her at all i just think we were you know i thank her and i'm not trying to be funny but um i thank her because of course um you know now i'm doing what i should have been doing all along and uh, uh you know and i wish her nothing but the best and, and i hope everything goes well for her in her life Oftentimes, the things that we hope and really want to work out and, you know, they end up not working out is oftentimes the best thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I would say. How come you have no ego, David? What's that? You have no ego. You're humble. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> because, because, brother, my, my mom and dad raised me to be a good person. They raised me to have good values, good moral values, um, to respect people regardless of their circumstances or their religions or their beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a peaceful person and um, I, I experienced some version of success when I was much younger. And um, I got to see what it was like to have a corporate job, making six figures, just blowing money like an idiot. and um, you know, it just, it, it, it matured me very quickly. Yeah. And, you know, I, I realized that there's so much more to life than we think. And, you know, Jim Carrey has this quote, really, really cool quote where he says, you know, I wish everyone could experience fame and fortune to see that it's not what you think. Um, and it's so true, you know, by no means am I a big famous superstar or, or, you know, exceptionally wealthy, but um, I've experienced 
what it's like to have money and I've experienced what it's like to experience fame, I guess. Well, you and, played in front of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's in the weirdest way. I don't look at it like that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not looking at how many people I perform in front of. It's a, it's a, it's a body experience for me, an emotional experience for me to be out there and they just have to put up with it. <laughs> and, and so what's really cool about that is like people come to my shows and I played shows, you know, I just played one a couple of weeks ago. It was a smaller venue, a few hundred people and multiple people said, you know, and it's like you're performing in front of a hundred thousand people. And it's like, because it's not about the amount of people it's what's it's in about. Me. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I'm in front of a hundred thousand or if I'm in front of five, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a thing for me. Um, and uh, you know, it's funny. Elvis was extremely shy, you know, but look at him on, on the movies and stuff. And, you know, I, when I was down in Nashville, I heard stories about, you know, when he, the whole shake in the leg thing was a mistake. You know, he, oh. he used to twist his leg because he was nervous and he'd be up there and he'd be shaking his leg because he was nervous to be on stage. And uh, one day his manager said to him, they're like, man, every time you shake your leg, girls go bananas. He's like, you should start shaking your leg more, you know? And he said, Oh, I just do it because I'm nervous. So, so think about that. Think about the sex appeal that came from Elvis and this super confident, got the world by the nuts dude. And he's like super shy. And all he wants to do is go home and eat peanut butter sandwiches. Like, you know, so it's just bizarre, right? When you think about it, you know, but, but, it, but I get it. Right. It's like, it's uh, yeah. Let's just say it's a funny, it's a funny thing. Man, before we get going here, where do you see yourself in five years? So this journey has been five years, another five years from now, where do we see David? What's the vision? Wow. wow. Um, I think I'll just be further north. Uh, <laughs> um, where do I see myself in five years? Um, you know what? I have no idea. Yeah. And uh, I just hope that wherever it is, um, I'm healthy. My family's healthy. And uh, I'm, I'm, I still have the opportunity to continue to make music and meet people uh, all over the world and share my story with them and hear their story and uh, learn from each other. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for that, bro. You're welcome, dude. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I love your, I love your quotes you're putting on or the video motivation videos that you're putting on. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, that that's that's uh, thanks for bringing that up. Um, the reason I do that is is exactly what we're talking about is is using my platform um, to promote me positive mental health and to promote um, people to take that next step. And it doesn't have to be, you know, I've always said it's not about just the entertainment industry. There are people out there. I, I've actually had a fan um, sell their house, go back to school and get into um backstage management for festivals and stuff um you know that has nothing to do with me in the mm -hmm. sense of my career but it's just motivating someone to kind of take that plunge and so all those videos that i post on instagram is just a another um gateway to promote that why is mental health so vital and important in today's age for you or anybody um i have a few friends that 
uh, had committed suicide. I've had two cousins that committed suicide. Um, so I've, I've been through, I've been through that and it's awful. Um, and I feel like, especially in today's world, social media has created this filter that we all sit behind, um, especially with pictures and stuff, you know, um, I, I feel I feel bad when I see a guy or a girl take 20 pictures and then, you know, try to figure out which one is the best one. It's like people are going to meet you face to face when you meet someone face to face. There's no filter in front of you. It's just that's you, you know, and I think um, the, 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 the quicker we get away from social media and we get away from, you know, hot or not kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the faster society will be able to rebuild itself based around human interactions and, and real time conversations and, um, you know, cell phones and technology have definitely allowed us to do things like this. Um, but it's also done a lot of negative things. And I think for people that are in the media, uh, or people that have a platform to speak from, because that's where people are watching now, instead of television or the radio, um, I think it's important that celebrities and people in the public eye use their platform to promote that positive message because, you know, it's so easy to just fall down this rabbit hole of I'm not good enough. Um, and a lot of people deal with that on a daily basis. Of course, and we've all been there. Yeah, regardless of your success. I mean, look at Robin Williams, one of the one of the greatest actors of all time, you know, Chester from Lincoln Park, you know, uh, Chris Cornell, I mean, Amy Winehouse, and the list goes on and on and Anthony on. Bourdain. Yeah. 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 There you go. You know, uh, so it's the, the list is forever long. And I know I'm only mentioning famous people because how many, all, the other people we, the world doesn't even know about, you know, cause mm-hmm. they're, they're not famous or whatever. So, you know, I just think it's important and, um, you know, um, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm an old man, but I even see some of the video games and stuff today. And I'm just like, why are you promoting so much violence, man? Like so much violence, you know, like it's just, uh, it's crazy. But I mean, I feel like entertainment should be able to be there to enjoy and have fun, but you don't play Grand Theft Auto and then decide you're going to go outside and you're going to drive like you did in the video game. (laughs) you know gta is not the same as gta where you are i'm in the real gta (laughs) right that's right um you know but i think too that also comes down to parenting and it comes down to how people are brought up and and raised you know i got to play video games and i had cap guns as a kid and we played cops and robbers and handcuffed each other to like the tree and stuff and it was so fun wasn't it it was fun and and now um you can't do that because someone will look out the window and call the police Mm -hmm. and then it's just you know it's just different man it's like it's it's so different and so i think it's important for these platforms um even on these podcasts like i don't ever really necessarily want to talk about myself because there's tons of interviews of me just telling my story but it's like to try to really get into something that is like meaningful and And deep yeah yeah you know it's so much yeah, it's so much more important than what's on my writer and what's my, like, you know, who cares? Like, Oftentimes we're here with mental health, though, or individuals that are looking to take their own lives. Um, 
or once it happens, people say, well, what could we have done? You know, and that those questions start coming up in our heads. Mm. Is it inevitable? Will that happen regardless? Is there anything that we could do? Is it maybe that one more hello, that one more phone call? I mean, there's no way to know. Um, I think what's important is that if you know someone in your life right now or somebody else knows someone in their life right now that's dealing with something, um, I think it's extremely important that you reach out to that person and you let them know that you're there to listen. And, and you know, if, uh, I mean, my dad used to tell me growing up, you can lead a, a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. So, you know, there are some, some scenarios where you could be there, you could, you do all the right things and it just doesn't matter, you know, because they're in a, they're in a space that they can't get out of. But I think all we can do is whatever we can do. And even if that's not enough, we can't hold ourselves individually responsible. Um, that's also really important. Um, you know, and we just try to be the, the, the positive influence um and but we also have to look out for ourselves and we also have to make sure that our personal space is safe and our personal mental health is good mm -hmm. um you know have you i'm sure you you have friends that they're they can give the best advice to people but they don't know their ass from their elbow when they're doing it for themselves oh yes you know so so if you if you know better for someone else then that proves that you know better for yourself mm -hmm. And you just got to really sit down and like I did five years ago and go, what makes me happy? Because when, when, when my ex left, you know, as a man, you know, I'm sitting in this beautiful condo. I got a great job. I have nice things. We had a, we had a good relationship. I mean, we lost the spark, but it wasn't like a, we didn't fight or anything. And then I'm sitting there like, and she left, like, what, what the hell? You know, like that really kicks you, you know, in, in the nuts when it comes to your pride. So I was feeling as low as possible, you know, but you have to find a way to bounce out of that. And, and once you realign yourself and get yourself on a track that makes sense, um, all of that stuff will slowly start to turn around. But just sitting in your basement, you know, smoking weed and being pissed off at the world that ain't that ain't gonna change shit that's mm -hmm. just gonna drive you deeper into the hole you know it's you can go on facebook or twitter and you see these comments that people just give and and rip each other part on it's just like i don't even cares? have facebook i don't even have facebook i i deleted my facebook um and i think my page is still up but um my last post was in like march or something because people were people were trying to hack into my account and like you know again like just stupid things I, i'm just trying to make music and do something positive and then we have people creating fake accounts and trying to hack into my stuff and you know so i just deleted it and and now i just use instagram but um same with the likes like i turned off the likes like you know when people like something it shows how many likes you got or whatever yeah, I turn, yeah. And, yeah and i turned it off because it's like you know, I don't, I don't want to see it. You know, I don't want to know that it's getting more popular or less popular. I'm just posting it to post it. And more and more people are doing that now, which I think is great because sometimes if you're a newer artist too, if we're talking strictly music, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you post a song and you're like, what do you guys think about this? 
you know, and like 27 people like it and there's like no comments. And then you're sitting there like, well, man, do I suck or what's going on? And then all of a sudden you post a picture of some guy, you know, farting on his cat or something mm-hmm. and it just explodes, you know, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, so true. Yeah. You know, like how, how I'm sitting here trying to make music and do something for real and nobody cares. But all of a sudden I post a picture of me like hitting a blowhorn in a library and everybody's just losing their minds, you know? So it went viral. Yeah. You're talking about yeah. the blowhorn. <laughs> so, so it's just, I just, whatever, man, yeah. I just don't care anymore. When you, when you feel negative, cause you know, we're all humans. We have bad days. We have good days. Um, mental health affects all of us. Mm. What do you do? Uh, to get yourself out of it do you give yourself a pep talk do you go for a walk what do you do um i mean there's it really depends on the situation um you know um i smoke weed um to help me cope straight up yeah. i i smoke weed to help me cope with anxiety um I, and also just the ups and downs the different parts of things i have to deal with I don't smoke it to get high. I just smoke it to kind of relax mm-hmm. and feel normal. Um, you know, but for me, it's just, you know, I like, I have my own incense, which is pretty cool, but I, awesome. I, yeah. I, I, uh, I, uh, I burn my incense. I have a little fire. I sit outside and listen to music and, you know, and I just try to think about what it, what it is that I'm upset about. And is it really worth being upset? Cause sometimes you know, we get worked up on something and then we realize like, it's not, it's not that big of a deal, you know, and, and, and it's signs, right. It's things that happen. Like, for example, um, you know, you wake up, you don't want to go to the gym, you know, you're just like, I'm just too tired, man. I I don't want to go. And I just want to chill, you know, and then you get to the gym and you see this, this guy is in a wheelchair and he's doing curls and you're just like, what, like, who am I? who am I to sit in my house and say, I don't feel like going today. And this, this dude's over here in a wheelchair, just crushing. So I think these little signs throughout our lives, we see these things and it's just, it really just comes down to, you could be in the worst mood possible. You could, you could be having the shittiest day and everything's going wrong. And then you're scrolling on Instagram and this video comes up and it's like, someone's smacking someone with a tortilla you know and and you start to laugh and in that split second you realize wow in that split second i totally forgot about all the shit that's going on in my life and i was able to disconnect from that and laugh at this woman getting smacked with a tortilla and then you realize that our mental health and the way that we feel is 100% controlled by us. It takes a long time to figure that out and to actually hearing it and feeling it are two different things. Excuse me. They're two different things. But when you realize that you control your thoughts, like my motto is thoughts become things. You control your thoughts. You know, you you control your thoughts. And, and, and And my point is, is that, if we can be in a point where we're extremely upset, extremely mad, disappointed, depressed, whatever, and we can watch a video that allows us to smile for that split second, that is proof, that is evidence and proof that you can change your paradigm. You can change the way you feel. Um, you know, And that's really important for people that are in a really bad spot. 
because just think someone is, you know, sitting there in the world right now and they're really unhappy with their life or their circumstances. And if, you know, imagine if you could reach out to that person and be like, watch this stupid video and they laugh and you go, there you go. That's proof that you can, you can turn, turn it around. Um, and you're not going to fix all your problems with a funny video I, that I get it, mm-hmm. but it's just understanding that you, you control the paradigm, you control, you know, what you do next, you know? Um, and, and I think once we realize that and we realize the power of thoughts become things and the law of attraction and all of that stuff, um, you, you know, your world can literally flip upside down. For, for good and for worse, yeah. if you're not careful, because here's the thing, thoughts become things, and I just learned this myself, thoughts become things is not just about attracting good, it's about attracting. So, you know, if you're not careful, you can also attract the negativity as well. So, for example, and I'm just, I'm being sarcastic, but I'm just guessing, if you're someone who is depressed and you're someone who thinks I'm not good enough or I'm ugly or I'm not what society deems popular or whatever, if you have any of those thoughts, chances are you're not in your mind, right? And you, you, you may not have a lot of friends because of course you don't have a lot of friends because you're walking around admitting to the universe that the world is bullshit, you know? So it's you put out those thoughts it brings you more of what you're thinking about if you're walking around thinking i'm not this i'm not that then yeah you're going to get more of that because that's what you're that's what you're asking for because that's all you're thinking about if you wake up and you think how can i be better and you constantly work on that you will naturally get better you know it's it's not a magic trick no it's just tuning into yourself that self-awareness that's something that you really need to design and decide do you want to do this for your life like you have to make that decision sit down what do i like who am i yeah yeah and it's a trippy thing right it's a trippy thing to sit there and say to yourself who am i you know you 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 know some people will hear that and think you're crazy but that's okay (laughs) let them think you're crazy you know what i mean it's like i you know i i it's funny on my instagram every day i get you know five new followers and I lose five followers or I get 12 followers and I, and I, I gain 12 and I lose 15. And then one day I get 40 and I lose five. And it's like, you know, that's the kind of shit that eats away at people's confidence. That's the kind of stuff that makes people be like, you know, start questioning their worth, you know, and think about that. You, everything you've accomplished in your life, all the things that you've been through, all the experiences, and we're sitting here contemplating our worth based on what Instagram thinks. Like who gives a shit what Instagram thinks? <laughs> it's just like you're you're we're people, you know, and, and people are gonna like you, brother, and people are gonna hate you, and people are gonna think you're funny, and people are gonna think you're stupid, and people are gonna think your podcast is great, and people are gonna think your podcast sucks. It doesn't That's matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just no. you're doing it because you wanna do it. Yeah, I'm enjoying yeah. it. I found peace in it and I I like it. I like getting out and reaching to people like yourself and talking real, like real talk matters, you know? That's, that's what I mean, dude. And, and that to me, it's a long, long road to get there, but we'll get there. 
And, mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is more and more people will start talking about this stuff and, be, and educating themselves with this stuff. And more and more people will start to realize that a lot of these little tiny things in their life that they see as dramatically terrible, you know, they're just minor little bumps in the road. And that's what builds character and helps us become who we are. I think to see the light in life, you need to go through dark times and have been in darkness. I think you need to go through darkness to appreciate the light. Mm -hmm. I think that that is the one, you know, I think I know people that have experienced minimal, minimal, minimal trauma, and they are extremely amazing human beings. And, you know, I know people that have gone through hell and back five times and are great people. And I know people that are, are gone through hell and back five times and they're, and they're still going through it. And it doesn't matter what I say, it doesn't matter what I do or how I influence, going back to one of your questions earlier, you can't, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. And at some point, if, if you feel like you have someone in your life that's not allowing you to get to the water that you need to drink, that's, that's, that's the one thing that we struggle with is letting, letting those people go because we feel we have this responsibility to continue to push them because if we don't who's going to and the hardest part of that is like you said it's not your responsibility no. you know it's not and that's a hard thing to 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 come to terms with but if you try and you do your best and those people start becoming toxic for your progress um you gotta let them go because mm -hmm. you'll never get to where you're going a buddy of mine is recently going through a tough time in a way that I think it's his own mind. Now, I don't obviously know the situation, but, um, you know, in a lot of cases, sometimes we find problems in other people's lives because of our own insecurities. And, um, you know, I'll tell you a real short story, um, a real short story, and maybe you can share this with your buddy. Um, I was dating a girl once and we went to Mexico. And while we were down in Mexico, we met a couple from Ajax. Um, didn't know them. They're just from Ontario. So we became friends quickly. Um, we went out dancing one night. And my girlfriend at the time loved to dance. Like she just danced forever. And I was tired. And I said, all right, I need a break. I'm going to go sit at the bar and have a beer and chill out. So she came with me. And we're sitting there. And this really good looking dude walks up to me, you know, and he goes, is this your girlfriend? Uh, he's Spanish. I said, yeah. He said, do you mind if I ask her to dance? And I said, I don't care. Go ahead. And uh, he said to her, do you want to dance? And she looked at me and she said, is it okay? And I said, I don't care. Like, we're on vacation. Go yeah. for it. So she went out and, you know, they were dancing and having a great time. And he was a really good dancer. And uh, so she was just having the best time because, you know, I don't know how to do any of that shit. So you know, she was just enjoying this guy doing all this cool stuff. He was obviously experienced. Anyway, so the guy from Ajax looks at me, and this is the point of my story for your friend. The guy from Ajax looks at me, and he goes, he comes back, and he's like, bro, bro, is that your girl, bro? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, let's fight him, bro. I'll take him out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, buddy, relax yourself. Relax. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, how could you just let your girlfriend dance with someone? And I said, first of all, I didn't let her do anything. 
she is a grown ass woman and she makes her own decisions. I don't let, there's no letting mm. that's, she does what she wants and I trust her. And, you know, that is, I think, and he just didn't understand, you know, he was just like, he thought this was insane. And, and so my, my point is, is that if you treat a girl, if you look at something, uh, if, if you look at, I'll use money. Cause that, that's what everybody seems to understand. Mm -hmm. If you meet a girl and you treat her like a hundred dollar bill, you know, um, that girl is going to feel, it doesn't matter where she goes. It doesn't matter, you know, who she's around. She's, she knows her, that you, you value her as a hundred dollar bill, hundred percent. You want to look at it in terms of a percentage. So my point is, is that if you put a hundred dollar bill on the ground, I don't care how rich you are. If you saw a hundred dollar bill on the ground, are you going to pick it up? Hell Yeah. Right. So if you saw a $50 bill on the ground, you're going to pick it up? Yes. Yeah. How about 20? Yes. 10. My standards are really low, man. Yeah. Oh, hey, listen, trust me. Just go with me on this. Yes, 10, yeah. yeah. Five, yeah. Yes. Pick up a toonie, a loonie. Absolutely. Yeah, I would. A quarter? Yeah. Yeah, I'd pick up a quarter too. What about like 10 cents, five cents? You know, sometimes I do because I think yeah. it's like a little bit of like, oh, it's a universe sign of good luck or something. Yeah, sure. I'll throw it in my piggy bank. What, what, but what, what if you see a penny on the ground? Are you going to pick that up? Eh, we'll see. Probably not, right? So yeah. here's my point. Now, you didn't know where I was going with this, but I want you to think about this for a second. I want you to look at your relationships and how you treat, you know, whether whatever, you know, your, your situation is, how you treat that person. Because here's the thing. As we went from a hundred all the way down to a penny, the way you answered my question, even your voice changed. You were like, yeah, I probably would. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I don't know about that. Like, and so my point is, is when I said a hundred dollar bill, you're like, yeah, man, I'll pick that up. Right. My point is if you treat people the same way we treat money, which is very common, people start to lose their value when you stop appreciating them. So my point is, is we appreciate a hundred dollar bill more than we appreciate a penny. Mm -hmm. You see, but what, what we're missing is they're both what currency. And if you have a lot of pennies, eventually you have a hundred dollars, right? So if you have this girl, that's a hundred dollar bill to somebody else, but she's only five cents to you. When that hundred dollar bill walks out on that dance floor, someone's going to see that hundred dollar bill and they're going to go shit. That's a hundred dollar bill. I'm picking that up. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if you're treating that hundred dollar bill, like they're worth nothing, they're going to go, you know what? This guy is showing me appreciation. This guy is showing me trust. This guy's showing me love or this girl is showing me love and so forth. And so when I told him that story, his, his mind was just kind of like, he was still, I think wrapping his head around the whole, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. And the point of my story is that the grass is greener where you water it. And if you treat people with respect and you, you treat people with, you know, the value that they should be treated with, you shouldn't be worried about who they're dancing with or talking to or, or who they slept with in the past, or it doesn't matter, man, get your shit together, build yourself. So you're the Ferrari of your car collection. And that girl isn't going anywhere because I, you know, if I had a Ferrari, I guarantee you, I wouldn't be driving a Chrysler 300, which is what I'm driving right now. Those are so, pretty badass cars, though, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
but 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 I'm just saying it's yeah. like when you have what you want, it does it doesn't matter, you know. And so what's going to happen to your buddy is if he's focusing on this past, and you can take this shit to the bank. If he's focusing on his past, that's what's going to happen. That girl is going to become part of his past because he is focusing on the past, and thoughts become things. That's my point. If you focus on appreciating her for what she is now and what you have now and start working on building something together now and stop focusing on the past then the past won't resurface if all you talk about is the past then the past is going to resurface and your relationship is already over it's just a matter of time before one of you just gets fed up and says i'm, I'm out you know so that i'm going to give that uh, analogy of the hundred dollars too yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a good one because we all you know, anytime I've ever used that analogy, people always laugh. And it's like, you know, especially when we get down to the pennies and the five mm -hmm. cents, because some people are too proud to be like, yeah, I'd pick up a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Love it. Well, thanks again, brother, for this. Appreciate it. You're welcome, man. And thanks for having me on your show. And uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully meeting you somewhere down the road. I should be in town for the CCMA. So maybe if you see oh. me there, come say hi. Absolutely. That'll be fun.